0: to become yourself welcome to creating a buzz about health podcast with paula carnell hello 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 i hope the sun is shining where you are it is where i am and it just lifts the soul i really wanted to share in this episode about a recent experience i've had which has just really lifted my soul and given me so much hope for humanity I was invited up to a small village um, up in the Cotswolds. And one of the the villagers had actually come on, um, you know, they'd met me, they'd seen me talking about bees and had done a bee safari. And they were really inspired to try and find out how to make their garden and their village more of a bee friendly place. So I was so excited to drive up there and as i drove off the main road and down this little lane and into this village i was greeted with so many flowers the village was just full of daffodils full of cherry blossom there was all kinds of flower beds and pots outside all of the houses and the beautiful honey coloured stone just set it all off the weather wasn't brilliant however the people were and i continued to be astonished by the community spirit that was there in this place a gathering of of people had come to um, my host's house and I took them on a walk we went around the gardens and then we walked around some of the fields and we walked around the village and they were showing me the initiatives that they've already put in place they have wildflower strips on the village green and also around the main playing fields they had wildflower strips They'd actually put little bamboo um, hoops to stop people um, walking over these areas or parking on these areas. And that was really helping helping. There was an issue with the playing fields where they had sown a really large border, too large to put little bamboo canes and a very enthusiastic grass cutter had just come and cut everything. Thankfully, we found this early on enough in the season that the seeds hadn't started to come up. And they are now going to have to address this and think, how can they keep that area separate? This is one of the things that many people come across when they're sowing wildflower seeds is for much of the year, it doesn't look like anything is happening. But then once the spring comes and the shoots start coming up, you can then have a really lovely long season of flowers coming through um, from the seeds. And it was just so heartening to find how many people were so passionate in working together to protect their community and to protect their environment. And many of them felt that the bees were a key to this, and that's where I came in. And it was wonderful wandering around the gardens and wandering around the village and spotting the first bees, where there was comfrey, where there was forget-me-nots, where there was the lungwort, Um, or Pullman area that was attracting the bees there were willow catkins just coming out and the hazel catkins had gone there was the first signs of blackthorn and the village was just beautiful absolutely beautiful what was important for me was knowing what is the current population of bees in this area there's no good You know, the first response most people have is when they want to save the bees, they want to get a beehive. And that can actually be the worst thing you do. And particularly in a delicate area like like this village, you're in a sort of a basin with all these hills and all these trees around. And unless you know what bees are already living there, you could then be doing a lot of damage if you were to bring in honeybees. And this is the the main problem that we're having, not only with the health and well-being with honeybees, but also with the other species of bees in the area. There's 275 species of bees that could be in, in Britain at the moment, and only one of them makes honey, and that's the mellifera honeybee. Now, as we walked around, I was looking at anything flowering and just hoping to see some bees flying. It was just very miserable, wet day, so that did have a bit of an impact. However, I did see buff tails, and I saw the... Um, hairy footed flower bees, both the male and the female. And we also saw some early bees and um, a tree bumblebee. And that is really heartening, really exciting that on miserable days we could see so many bees. We went to the churchyard because I was pretty sure that if there were any kind of wild honeybees, they would be living in the church. And the churchyard was again, really pretty. It had an avenue of lime trees. And I get so excited with lime trees because one lime tree could provide the equivalent of five acres worth of blossom for the um, for the bees. So lime trees are really important. However, they've been pollarded, and so they weren't flowering. And this is one of the main things that we have to think about, is it's one thing having trees, but you've got to let them flower. The churchyard also had a lot of yew trees, and yew trees provide really good source of pollen early on in the season. So you're talking March, really, when you have the pollen. And as you go up through the country, it will extend into April and possibly even May. So the yew trees were really great. And also the yew trees are a great spot for swarms to sort of congregate around a churchyard if you have got bees living in the church. I was really excited that I did see a bit of activity around the church roof. And I thought as soon as there's some sunshine, I'm going to come back because I felt really strongly that there would be bees there. As the afternoon went on, I then had some time on my own so that I could have the patience that you need when you're looking for bees. And I was sitting down in amongst the um, in amongst the plants in a, a woodland garden and in the main garden and just watching flowers waiting for the bees to emerge. And that's when i saw most of the bees but the real highlight was i started to see honeybees on a cherry tree it was still quite cold it was about 10 degrees it was damp miserable but we're looking at about four o'clock in the afternoon and i started to see honeybees on the cherry blossom I was so excited. But what really, really excited me was these honeybees were very, very dark. They were the Apis mellifera mellifera. These weren't the bright orange striped Italian honeybees. These were definitely native wild honeybees. And that indicated to me that there was definitely going to be some wild bees here. So the next question is, had they come from a church colony or were they nesting somewhere else? So off I went into some woodland. And there was a tree that I just was curious about because I thought it would be a good spot to actually hang a log hive and attract a wild swarm. And I couldn't believe my luck when I got to the tree and I looked up and I could see some little holes. So I just stared at one of the holes and thought, if those are the, if that's the source of the bees that are going to the cherry tree, which was about 800 meters away, then this would be where they're living. So I was looking up at the hole, and I saw bees coming and going. There weren't a lot, there was just one or two, and then every now and again, there'd be three or four would all come flying into the hive. It was about five meters up, so there was no way I could get any closer. Um, And it was a tree that was over a stream and with a bridge, so not the best for um, health and safety, and I'm no rope tree climber. I just was able to stand there, photograph it, film it and record it and be really, really excited that there were bees. Now, that evening, because um, my host was putting me up, I was invited to do a talk in the village hall and the whole community were invited. They just wanted to see how many people would be interested in bees. It wasn't ticketed. People could just show up. Now, despite the weather was wet and perhaps there was nothing on the telly, but we had a full hall. And I was delighted to be given the opportunity to share what I'd found around the village that day, but also the fact that they have wild bees in their village and sharing what they can all do, each of them, to really help the bees. From that talk, there was a group of people who decided to have a bee action group and they would work with the already established wildlife group and many of the other groups that the community already had. And this is what is so exciting because it was a community and whether they realize it or not, they're working like the bees. And for that village, the covid crisis was what really brought out the community in their village being quite isolated. They had a little village shop. And through the community, they knew how important that village shop was. And there were many people who might have just popped in now and again. But through COVID, it became a lifeline. And so many of the community started doing all their shopping or everything they could possibly buy from the shop, they would buy from the shop, leaving only a few things that they would have to leave the village for. And this provided such an amazing resource for the shop. It meant the shop could expand And the volunteers felt that they were doing something really worthy by working in the shop. The shop did so well, it was able to expand and now has a tea rooms on the end of the shop. And this tea rooms is a community hub. It's got a a book share. It's got maps. They've got the post office in there. It's just this incredible community hub. And interestingly, it's in the old Catholic chapel, which If you know anything about my work, I know that the energetics of where we have chapels and churches are highly attractive to bees. And then I learned that there had been a bee swarm in the hedge of the the building that attached to the chapel. So we know that there are bees in that area. During the talk, I had some local beekeepers who attended. And that can always be interesting because you never know if those beekeepers are thinking that I'm talking rubbish or whether they're on the same wavelength. And I don't come in to criticise beekeepers with their existing practices. I just want to inspire and educate. And if I can inspire and educate the public so that they're more aware of the importance of caring for all the bees, not just the honeybees. And also, if they are more aware of the, the conventional beekeeping practices, they can start asking the questions that will improve all beekeeping and the care of all bees. So these two beekeepers, they came up to me at the end and I could see through the talk, they were smiling. They were just so excited. And they are beekeepers who'd been ostracized from the beekeeping community because they did not want to use chemicals for varroa. They did not want to feed sugar and they do not want to be um, exploiting their bees and they've been catching swarms around the village whenever people have had a swarm they've captured them so they were able to give me an idea of where the swarms had been and they confirmed that there were bees in the roof of the church so the next day i got up and there was it was a bit of sunshine in between the showers so i walked back around the village i found houses with bumblebees nesting in the walls that people are probably completely oblivious to. I found in the bee hotel that was in the churchyard, there were some blocked up cavities, which mean that bees are nesting in there. And I saw the bees flying above the church. Then the original wild colony that I saw in high up in a tree above a stream, they actually had three entrance holes and all three were busy. Now this could mean that there's more than one colony in that actual tree, there could even be three colonies all separated within this tree trunk and having their own entrance. We wouldn't know until somebody climbs up there, shines in a a torch and a camera and perhaps prods about and finds out. But what's really exciting is now the community that invited me up, they now know they actually have bees living in their community and they know what to look for. And as a community, as a group, they're taking real active um, procedures to sort of ensure that all the bees that are already living there have got plenty of food so they're not forced to go elsewhere. This trip really, really inspired me. It really warmed me and it just showed how much can be achieved when people work together. No man is an island, no woman is either and we do need each other to actually create great things and when a community comes together you have this Mastermind. You have a wisdom that comes from the collection of the community. And this is just how the bees work. The bees are not a whole lot of individual minds. They pool their resources, and then you have this collective consciousness of this super organism. And so, whether they realized it or not, this village are working as the bees. They're working as a social organism, making sure that their environment is healthy that it's clean and that it's beneficial for all the pollinators that they need to pollinate all the flowers and all the fruit and veg that they're growing for their community. I hope that this has really inspired you and if you want to create something like this then drop me a line send a message and I'm sure I can connect you with these people. There are lots of communities all around the world who work like this and It's really encouraging to know that these communities are growing and getting stronger. And even through the darkest of times, the last few years, which challenged everybody and every community, that some communities really thrived. They found out that they can't survive on their own, that they need to support each other and they need to provide a structure and a facility that will keep them all going strong, no matter what the future throws at us. So I'm really delighted that I was able to spend time with this group. And I'm so excited to see how they progress and how their bees thrive over the coming years. This podcast has been produced and edited by the wonderful Bee Brook And the music was created especially for me by Rhea. Thank you very much. You have to become yourself. Join us next time on Creating a Buzz About Health podcast with Paula Carnell. Buzz you later.